Sacred Space. So welcome back again to Sacred Space. Uh, my name is John Keeley. Uh, nice to have you join us again this morning for a program that's a little bit different. Um, I'm, I'm on a travels in, in, in the UK, in a place in, in North Norfolk, and I'm speaking to my father, Stephen. Uh, as, that's as much as I know about where I am and who I'm speaking to. But welcome to the programme, Father Stephen. Well, thank you. It's great to be uh, on your programme, and it's great to welcome you to the Anglican Shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham here in North Norfolk. Anglican Shrine in North Norfolk. Well, I tell you something, it, it, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful day, first of all. The Lord has sent the graces for the beautiful day. But it seems to be a, a, a place of living faith. But before we go there, let me, let me go back to... Walsingham, a lady of Walsingham and the shrine of Walsingham. Maybe there's people back home in Ireland wouldn't be aware of that. Can you fill us in with a few details on how it all started? Well, yes, hmm? certainly. Um, pilgrimage to Walsingham goes back to uh, 1061 uh, okay. when uh, the uh, noble lady of the manor, the Lady Rochelle de Stefavesh, a very devout Catholic lady uh-huh. and had a great devotion to the Blessed Virgin. Uh, and she was rewarded with a vision okay. in which she was transported in spirit to the Holy House of Nazareth by Mary uh, to the place where Mary grew up but perhaps more importantly to the place where Mary received the angel Gabriel's visitation uh, and that wonderful invitation to become the mother of God's son our Lord Jesus Christ so from there so so she had this vision she had this vision Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a second part to it Mm -hmm. Uh, she was granted a vision of a spring of water and she believed that the vision was so vivid that Mary was inviting her to recreate the Holy House of Nazareth here in Walsingham. Uh, And she believed that the spring of water was calling her uh, to, uh, the vision of the spring of water was calling her to to build the Holy House where she found a spring of water. And just wondering, if she's had to share this story with people, members of the church, whoever, I wonder what sort of reaction she would have got if if she's had to to speak these visions to people. Well, uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, the uh, she set her builders to work, and okay. uh, they couldn't get the house to build because the ground was too wet. And she prayed again. She thought maybe she'd got it wrong. Okay. And uh, she was granted a third vision, uh, a vision of angels who took her to the spot where they tried to build. And there, uh, we're told that uh, the holy house had been built more beautifully than her builders could ever have made it. Uh, And um, you talked about how people reacted to this, how people got to know about it. Uh, News of uh, Walsingham spread uh, through a ballad, uh, a medieval ballad, uh, became known as the Pinson Ballad. Uh, And news of Walsingham spread throughout the land by balladeers going round, singing of the holy house of of Nazareth here in in Walsingham. And pilgrims came. So much so that within uh, a very short time, uh, the little holy house wasn't big enough to cater for the amount of pilgrims that came to Walsingham. So Richelde's son, Geoffrey de Faverge, built a huge abbey uh, next to the holy house and built a structure over the holy house to protect it and invited Augustinian canons to come uh, and look after the pilgrims and say mass for the pilgrims. Which they duly did. Which they duly did. And that continued right up until the Reformation uh, in fifteen, well, thir- 1538. What intrigues me there was these balladeers would travel throughout the countryside, whereas these days we expect to read it on the internet or papers and magazines. But no, this is all word of mouth. Word of and mouth, this would yeah. have travelled a long way away from, from Walsingham. Right throughout the country, yeah. So this and pilgrimage, of course, in those days was a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, and pilgrimage to the Holy Land uh, was, was, was a really big thing. Massive, but obviously, yeah. uh, Walsingham was somewhere that was more accessible. 
uh, pilgrims could get here more easily. Uh, and they came and uh, they stopped uh, a mile from Walsingham. Okay. And they took off their shoes because they believed they were walking on holy ground. And the little chapel uh, that was set up there uh -huh. is now uh, the Roman Catholic National Shrine. It's okay. known as the Slipper Chapel. Okay. And, uh, and that was where pilgrims stopped to rest a while before they made the last bit of the journey barefoot. Barefoot. Believing they were walking on holy ground because Mary had appeared here. And I believe it wasn't just ordinary folk, too, that came on pilgrimage. I mean, there were royalty. Royalty uh, have been. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, uh, the destroyer of the shrine, Henry VIII, yes. himself came to Walsingham to pray uh, for the gift of a son. Uh, and royalty, regular visitors uh, to the shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham. And his dear wife, too, um, Catherine of Aragon, That's I believe, right. would have been here, too. That's right. And somebody told me a story that, uh, that Henry... Uh, brought um, pearls or some some jewellery here too and, and left it at the shrine at one particular stage. I suspect he probably did. That was a, a great part of uh, pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. People left gifts mm. uh, and in fact still do to this day. Uh, you know, we, we still have gifts left around the shrine, particularly in the, in the sepulchre in the garden. Uh, people come and leave their gifts oh, in thanksgiving. So it came around to the Reformation. At that particular time, just let folks know back home, um, the Catholic Church um, was under a certain amount of, uh, we'll say, persecution. Some people say persecution, but under a little bit of pressure. And um, there were certain cathedrals and certain churches just being destroyed. We one of our on a recent visit here, we visited Peterborough Cathedral, and again we found that that, that was partly destroyed too. Because so did Walsingham survive okay through through the Reformation or, or after Reformation? Well, sort of. Hmm. Um, in uh, 1534, uh, because uh, Henry was uh, was keen to make sure that the succession yes. uh, of the Tudor dynasty continued, and, yes. and Catherine couldn't bear him a son, mm. uh, and uh, that was his his uh, he, that's why he came to pray. Yes. He came to pray for the gift of a son, mm. uh, and when that wasn't granted, he wanted a divorce, and of course the Pope was was not prepared to grant yes, a divorce, yes. okay. and uh, so Henry uh, removed himself from the church, declared himself supreme head of the church in England mm. uh, in 1534. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the in the following years, uh, sent his troops around the country uh, to ensure that uh, the monks and priests of the church mm -hmm. uh, accepted him as yes, head of the yes, church in yes, England. Yes. And some did, and some, of course, refused to. And here in Walsingham, the troops came in 1538, uh, and some of the monks uh, accepted Henry. As, mm -hmm. as head of the church uh, others refused and they mm -hmm. were put to death on uh, what's known as Martyr's Field at the top of the village okay. uh, the sub-prior Thomas Milam was one of them and several of the monks refused to accept Henry as head of the church and they were hung, drawn and quartered uh, Not on, a very nice... on Martyr's Field mm -hmm. not a nice way to go mm -hmm. no. and of course the Holy House was destroyed the huge abbey was destroyed leaving only the east arch uh, of, the, of the abbey and, uh, and to add insult to injury the rubble was used to fill in the well oh. that the pilgrims drank from. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And so therefore pilgrimages ceased then? And, and well, uh, the ballad uh, tells us, we, we have a pilgrim hymn that we get from, uh, it's, mm. it's kind of based on the ballad, mm. uh, tells us that uh, a thin stream of pilgrims still trod the old way. Uh, mm. Even though there was no holy house to uh, see, uh, uh, uh. no well to drink the water mm -hmm. from, uh, pilgrims still came. Mm. Uh, 
Obviously not in great numbers, but pilgrims still came, believing this to be holy ground. But they, had, but, but did they have to be careful just in case? I mean, if they were found out, to, to, to they had to, obviously had to be careful. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, did the did the did the, um, did the shrine just kind of go away? Uh, well, it, 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 it kind of did for uh, for about four, nearly four hundred years. Wow, that's a long time. Okay. And um, in nineteen twenty one, an Anglican priest uh, believing very firmly uh, in the church before the Reformation, mm. came to uh, believing he was called here, not just to be parish priest of Walsingham, mm. but called here to restore the pre-Reformation church here in Walsingham. And he believed he was called to restore pilgrimage uh, to England's Nazareth. Mm. And so uh, he came as vicar in 1921. The first thing he did was had an image of Our Lady of Walsingham carved uh, using the seal from the medieval priory. He knew what Our Lady of Walsingham looked like Mm -hmm. from that seal. And uh, he had that image carved and placed in St Mary's Church, the parish church, uh, by, I think, about July 1922. So it it was important to him to restore Our Lady of Walsingham to her place here in, in Walsingham and began encouraging pilgrimage to the image of Our Lady of Walsingham, to the shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham, which was in St Mary's Church. Okay. How was this accepted by his own local parishioners? I mean, this is something new to them. Uh, I'm not so sure about the parishioners. Mm. Uh, pilgrims started to come. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, largely from London, where he'd been a parish priest. Okay. And, um, and news of it got to the diocese and the diocesan bishop. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the 1920s, uh, there was still a lot of anti-Roman Catholic fervour mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the Church of England, mm-hmm. uh, even though the hierarchy had been restored uh, in 1850, That's some, right, yeah. what, 70-odd mm-hmm. years before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but there was still a lot of um, mm-hmm. suspicion of anything that mm-hmm. smacked of the mm-hmm, Romish mm-hmm, Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the bishop of the time, Bertrand Pollock, uh, came storming out, we're told, from the palace in Norwich <laughs> uh, and ordered... Father Hope Patton yes. to remove the image of Our Lady of Walsingham from the parish church and desist the practice of encouraging pilgrimage to the shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham. Now, unwittingly, mm. uh, Bertrand Pollock, Bishop of Norwich, trying to destroy pilgrimage to the shrine yes, of Our Lady yes. of Walsingham was in fact the catalyst for it taking off again. Uh, mm. And in uh, by 1931, uh, Father Hope Patton had acquired uh, the money and the land uh, to rebuild the Holy House of Nazareth uh, on the site that it is today. So people power, ra- rather than the bishop exactly. getting, getting his Well, he knew on. he had to find somewhere where the bishop had no authority. <laughs> yes, okay. So he knew he had to set up a private chapel. So okay. uh, whether he came... Uh, thinking he would restore the Holy mm-hmm, House, I'm mm-hmm, not sure. Not too sure. I rather suspect it was the bishop's intervention yes, that forced his that hand. Forced his hand. And, uh, and, and from that moment on, he, he, he vowed to, uh, to rebuild the Holy House of England's Nazareth so that uh, Our Lady of Walsingham could have a home yes. once again in her proper place, mm-hmm. uh, as close to the original uh, as she could. And, and, and that's, of course, what he did. And by the 15th of October, 1931, uh, in great procession, our Lady of Walsingham was processed through the streets of Walsingham from the parish church to her current resting place in the shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham, Beautiful. which and of course became the Anglican shrine. And so to this day now, there's the, it continues to be a massive place for pilgrimage. Absolutely. Uh, 1931, pilgrimage started again. Mm-hmm. Uh, people came. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, interestingly, uh, Father Hope Patton couldn't imagine restoring the Holy House without the well. 
And of course, when he was looking for uh, the site to build the Holy House, as close as he could to the original, mm-hmm. we're told he went round with a divining stick, <laughs> yes. looking for the water. Looking for the water, yeah. And sure enough, when they excavated the ground there, they found the spring and a medieval well that had been filled in. Wow. And I suspect several wells had grew up around the original to, to cater for the number of pilgrims uh, that came here, and he clearly found one of those one of those wells. And so from that time, pilgrims could come to Walsingham, mm-hmm. honour Our Lady's yes to God uh, and be pointed to her by her to the water of life who we believe symbolically as uh, she points to her son Jesus Christ the water of life and is, is the shrine is there a message in the shrine for a lady I mean is it is it something to do with the annunciation or the visitation or yeah, I, I, I mean the Holy House is the house of the Annunciation. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and mm, and uh, if you if you look at the Holy House when you come through the main doors of the Shrine Church, mm. which of course would have been the only doors uh, in of 1931. Course. Yes, okay. uh, the, the the church in 1931 was just literally the Holy House mm-hmm. and the well mm-hmm. with with the little church built over it. Uh, if you came through the doors uh, in 1931, you would be confronted immediately. Uh, by the sculpture that's still there today by Della Robbia of the Annunciation, Annunciation. a beautiful almost life-size reminder of what the Holy House stands for and that is to point every single pilgrim that comes here to the moment when Mary said yes to God and challenge them to follow her example Yes, that's the challenge. Uh, and then, of course, pilgrims appointed by Mary, as Richeldis was in 1061, to the water. Yes. Uh, we believe she wasn't just pointing to H2O, but pointing to her son, Jesus Christ, the one Good who said of himself, he was the water of life. And pilgrims started to come. Mm-hmm. But, of course, in 39, uh, the war broke out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly pilgrimage kind of went on the back burner for a bit having just Mm. begun to take off again Mm. uh, pilgrimage went on the back burner again for the war years though people still came to pray Mm. Uh, but clearly after the war um, pilgrimage took off again there was an increase in popular piety people wanted to give thanks for safe deliverance uh, and, and pilgrims started to come in such numbers that clearly a bit like the original yeah. uh, back in, in, in the Middle Ages, mm. the little shrine wasn't big enough to cope with the number of pilgrims that mm. came. Mm. Uh, Father Hope Patton was still here until his death in 1958, oh. so mm. resolved to uh, enlarge the shrine mm. uh, and placed around it 15 chapels, uh, one for each mystery of the rosary wow. and also dedicated to various uh, uh, saints that he had special devotions mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. So there's a chapel around the church for each of the uh, 15 mysteries of the rosary. Uh, and uh, by his death in 15, uh, in 1938, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, 1958, uh, too many dates, I'll get my dates. That's right okay. There, right, yeah. uh, by his death in 58, yeah. the shrine would have looked pretty much almost as it, as it does today. Now, you just mentioned the roses, so therefore that, uh, that brings me to what, what happens when someone comes here on pilgrimage? Uh, what type of people come and uh, what do they do when they're here? Well, pilgrims come here uh, from all over the world. Uh, and uh, we get not just Anglican pilgrims, we mm. get uh, Roman Catholic pilgrims, yeah. we get pilgrims from the, the Church of South India, uh, lots of Tamils come, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they all come to uh, the Holy House. Mm. Uh, and uh, there they believe there is something very special, mm. and they come to receive the water. Mm. Uh, which is very much bound up with the story. So uh, every pilgrimage would involve a visit to the Holy House, Mm -hmm. and we call that a first visit, uh, and then sprinkling at the well, and sprinkling at the well occurs each day uh, at 2.30, uh, 
so that pilgrims who come here even for the day mm. uh, can come to the well uh, mm. and receive the water from the well. Uh, and they, they drink the water as a sign of the Lord's desire to fill them with his life and love mm. and spirit, the Lovely. water of his life. Beautiful. They're marked with the sign of the cross on their forehead mm-hmm. as a reminder of their baptism into the fellowship of Christ's church or as a reminder that Christ came to die uh, for all to rise again uh, mm-hmm. that we might be free liberated from our sins and then finally waters poured over their outstretched hands as a sign of God's bountiful goodness poured out upon us day by day and right from the earliest times pilgrims have believed that the waters here in Walsingham used in faith can bring healing Uh, we constantly have people telling us that they believe that they have received healings by receiving the water here in Walsingham so pilgrims might use the water to touch a part of them uh, that's in need of healing so that, those are the important uh, aspects of pilgrimage, mm-hmm. but also uh, they would come and do the Stations of the Cross, they would come and have Mass each day, uh, you know, the traditional pilgrimage devotions, and of course the, the daily rosary uh, is, is prayed here, uh, and we pray it for the needs of the world, the sick, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. departed, uh, you mm-hmm. know, for special intentions that people offer week by week. We collect those up and we pray them week by week uh, during uh, what we call shrine prayers uh, at six o'clock each day. Typically, how long will, will the pilgrimage last? I mean, can they come here for a, few, for a day or a few days? Or uh, We have uh, 11,000 resident pilgrims each year at well, the Anglican shrine. Well, okay. uh, we, can, we can sleep uh, over 200 people at any one time. And uh, they come uh, for the midweek pilgrimage, which w- would be Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. uh, and then the weekend pilgrimage, which is Friday to Sunday. And that's a rolling program uh, week by week throughout the pilgrimage season, which is pretty much most of the year. Mm-hmm. It's only December and January when we don't run the pilgrimage really. season. Yeah. One of the things I suppose uh, that listeners, uh, that so the listeners of Sacred Space w- might have been um, inclined a little bit more deeper when you mentioned that. Uh, here they have, you have mass and you have the rosary, and sort of people wouldn't connect those sort of devotions or mass to the Anglican Church. Hmm. But this is this is typical. This this is every day for you. This is every day. Um, yeah, um, Father Hope Patton um, believed that he was called here to restore the church to its former glory before the Reformation. Yes. Yes. Uh, he came from the Anglo-Catholic tradition mm-hmm. of the Church of England, mm-hmm. who very much believe in that ethos. Yes. Uh, and we keep that ethos going day by day mm-hmm. here. Uh, we believe in the Church Catholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we're separated by mm-hmm. uh, an act of a king a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, but we believe in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and, and we pray one day for its, its unity, uh, that Anglicans and Roman Catholics can once again uh, be one. One of the beautiful experiences that that uh, that we had when we visited last night was uh, there was a, what I would suggest was, was a healing service. But the Blessed Sacrament, as we were called, it was exposed, mm-hmm. and people were sitting there in, in, in reverence mm-hmm. and prayer. And then during that, then there were various people ministering to people in terms of laying on hands and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. This happens. Uh, every week or yes th- this happens twice a week um, mm-hmm. for the resident pilgrims uh, once on a Saturday night for the weekend pilgrims mm-hmm. uh, and on a Tuesday night for uh, for the midweek pilgrims mm-hmm. and uh, we have uh, a service of uh, healing and reconciliation in the presence of 
of the Blessed Sacrament, where there is the opportunity uh, to receive the laying on of hands with prayer Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever needs the pilgrim brings uh, for themselves and perhaps for another. Mm. Someone who they might carry here on their hearts who's in particular need. They can receive the laying on of hands for that person too. Uh, they can receive anointing of the sick, the sacrament of anointing, uh, and also the opportunity for the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, and all these ministries are explained uh, during the service because for some Anglicans, they're not familiar with that. Yes, we get yes. uh, pilgrims across the, the, the whole breadth of Anglicanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some who perhaps are not from the Anglo-Catholic tradition are less familiar with those practices. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of explain them quite fully so that people can fully understand what it is uh, that's happening. Uh, And as I say, all those uh, ministries are offered in the shadow uh, of the Blessed Sacrament. Our Lord kind of presiding uh, Mm. over what's happening, channeling his healing grace through those uh, frail earthen vessels, offering themselves for ministry in his name. It's the Lord working through them all the time. Absolutely. And then I also heard you say, um, mention about the praying of the stations of the cross. Again, this is another devotion that we wouldn't necessarily associate. Is that, um, I mean, people just pray the stations of the cross and then on their own or maybe within a group or no they would do it with their group each each parish group that comes here it's very much part of the uh, the pilgrimage devotion mm-hmm. each parish group whether they have a priest with them or not would would book their their slot mm-hmm. uh, to do stations of the cross mm-hmm. uh, for instance this morning uh, we had them going out in quarter an hour intervals okay uh, and that's often the case on yes. a Saturday morning yes. too for the yes. weekend pilgrims okay. uh, and either they'd be led by their priest or a lay person uh, as they as they work their way and uh, as you've seen we have beautiful gardens here mm, and uh, the huge stations of the cross all the way around the gardens mm. and, uh, and and pilgrims would, would regularly uh, do that devotion as, as pilgrim groups. Just before we finish the interview, is there a special day for a Lady of Walshingham where you, where you, where you honour a Lady of Walshingham? Uh, we, we have several actually. Um, mm. uh, the feast day of Our Lady of Walsingham, uh, which is uh, not too far away on the 24th of September, mm-hmm. uh, is a big day for us. Uh, but our national pilgrimage is mm. on the 2nd May Bank Holiday Monday, okay. uh, which is, uh, we go back to the site of the original. Uh, so okay. uh, we have an open air pilgrimage, mm-hmm. which uh, these days attracts about three thousand people. Not as big as it used to be. In its heyday, mm-hmm. it was about ten thousand. Well, uh, but transportation costs and elderly pilgrims mm-hmm. for a day it's a long way to Walsingham mm-hmm. uh, for most people. Uh, but we, we're about three thousand people for the national pilgrimage, which is an open air pilgrimage on the site of the original abbey, uh, and we probably had for that uh, about twenty bishops and over 200 priests concelebrating the Mass on that day uh, with with about 3,000 pilgrims. You mentioned there, um, uh, you know, that that some people because of age may have been waking me up to come and so on and so forth, and that prompts me to ask you, what sort of age profile would you get here anyway? Would would you get many young people or teenagers? What what we have uh, on the normal um, weekend pilgrimage and midweek pilgrimage, we tend to have... uh, Older pilgrims, shall we say. Mm. Uh, Largely because uh, for the midweek pilgrimage, obviously uh, young people at work, college, uh, Mm. school even. Uh, And for the weekend pilgrimage, most groups, because of Walsingham's distance from anywhere, Mm -hmm. have to leave kind of on Friday morning. And it's very difficult these days for young people uh, and children to get time off school or college Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to come. So what we do is we have age-appropriate pilgrimages. Okay. For uh, well, we we try and cover all the age ranges. Uh, we have a children's pilgrimage which covers primary school children. Uh, that's usually okay. in Lent. Okay. Uh, in at the end of July, we have a youth pilgrimage. 
Uh, and these are, in fact, my responsibility. I'm the youth missioner here at Walsingham, as yeah. well as the assistant administrator. Uh, and so I have responsibility for these pilgrimages. Um, uh, coming up in July, at the end of July, uh, and I'm working madly on it as we speak, uh, we have our youth pilgrimage, which will attract about 700 young people. Uh, and that's a camping pilgrimage on a field just outside uh, the village. I'm sure that's a very quiet time. Oh, it's very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're quite boisterous. Uh, first week of the school holidays, so you can imagine. They, yeah, want can to let, imagine. they want to let off steam. But that's a great event. We have a, a professional worship band, a Roman Catholic worship band, uh, as it happens, who come and lead the, the, the uh. musical worship at that. Uh, and it's a, a very special event. Uh, we have daily mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the healing ministries, uh, sprinkling at the well, mm-hmm. all of the normal pilgrimage devotions, mm-hmm. but done in a very youth-friendly way. Beautiful. And then we have a, uh, also have a pilgrimage later on in the year for 18 to 30s. I call it Club 18 to 30 Walsh. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So we, we have the, uh, the older young people uh, who come on that. So we try and cover all the age ranges with special pilgrimages uh, for the young people, recognising how difficult it is for them uh, to come on their parish pilgrimage. So, so the only really I can say just to finish up is it, it seems to be a place where um, it offers a variety of whatever one might want, but more importantly, a lot of places to contemplate. It, there's lovely little gardens and seats around yeah. the place, secluded away. Yeah. And it, 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 if you just want to just meditate for a little while, it's fine. And also on the site, I believe there's a restaurant too. And, uh, there is, yeah. So we have facilities a cafe bar. Are there. Yeah, absolutely. Everything is organised. Which is open pilgrim. to anybody. That's open to people uh, to come in off the street as well, as, as the whole shrine is. But it is, uh, you know, people have described Walsingham as a thin place. Mm. Uh, the walls between heaven and earth being very thin here. And uh, people tell us constantly that they can find God here in a way that they can never find at home. And I guess that's why they come on pilgrimage. Uh, they leave their troubles behind. Mm. Uh, a pilgrim said to me not too long ago, we, uh, you probably came in through the big red brick arch yes. into the shrine gardens. A pilgrim said to me not long ago, uh, when I walk through that big red brick arch, yeah. it's as if all my troubles fall away. And she said, I picked them up on a Sunday afternoon. They're still there. Yeah. But I picked them up with a very different spirit. Isn't that lovely? And uh, I think for me that sums up what Walsingham's all about. Just before maybe you might share a prayer with us just to finish off, your message or the message of Walsingham would be what? What would you say the message of Walsingham is? Walsingham is a place where Mary points us to her son Jesus and helps us follow her example of staying close to Jesus, mm. following him through thick and thin, mm-hmm. as Mary had to, yeah, she had to uh, yeah. mm. and, uh, and being there with him right to the end and having him there with us uh, and recognising that he's alongside us all the time uh, throughout all our difficulties. Walsingham gives pilgrims the strength to go back to their daily lives, whatever it is they face, and sometimes pilgrims come with some really heavy burdens, yes. uh, renewed and reinvigorated in the love and joy of the Lord. Father Stephen, just just to finish off the interview, would you say a prayer for us, please? I will. Reflect in this whole walls and come. I will. Thank you. Okay. So in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness and mercy to us. For this wonderful place of Walsingham, this beautiful shrine of Our Lady, where we are reminded to follow Mary's example of being open to you, obedient to your word and ready to do your will. Give us the grace daily 
to strive to follow Mary's example. And let us bring Jesus to birth daily in the world as she did. We ask this through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father Stephen, thank you so much for bringing this wonderful message of Walshingham to sacred space, to the people back in West Limerick. And if people want to get here, all they've got to do is look at the map and look for Norfolk, isn't that right? That's North, exactly North right. Island, just beyond Kings Lynn, That's right. Walsingham. And as for, Steve, for Father Stephen, and I'm sure Father Stephen will have a wonderful welcome to you. They'll receive a very warm welcome. Father Stephen, God bless you and thank you for your work. God bless you too. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye. Sacred Space.